am joined in the studio today by Leanne Tibby, Associate Director of Student Life at Grand Valley State University, and by Sean O'Melia, a Grand Valley graduate and currently a res residence hall director at Ball State University in Indiana. Welcome, Leanne and Sean. Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. Well, it's wonderful to be with you, and I want to start by finding out how you got to know each other. Well, I hope Sean remembers it the same way that I remember <laughs> it. He was a first-year student here, and he was emceeing our Grand Valley's Got Talent. And this kid was excited, and he was passionate, and he was ready to get involved. And I remember saying, this is the kind of person I want on my team. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> I am notorious for pronouncing names very poorly, so I do remember meeting Leanne, but I definitely butchered her name and many other <laughs> names along the way. Um, but then I interviewed for a position that I was really excited for because my parents were also on me about like, you're in college now, you need a job to go with work. So I was suggested by other people who were involved who said you should apply for this job, work for Leanne. And then I was lucky enough to be hired by her and then we were off to the races from there for the next four years of being employed by her. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Leanne, just to establish now, you've been at Grand Valley for how many years? 25 years. So you've worked with a lot of students. A lot of students. And mm -hmm. someone who's passionate and has energy, it, it stands out for you. Yes, yeah. I know what kind of person to look for to get involved in in the kind of organization that I wanted him for, and, and he was it. Yeah, and, and Sean, your current occupation now is a residence hall director, inspired in part by Leanne's oh, work yeah, here. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Leanne and Bob definitely got me on the path of student affairs, because I was broadcasting, so all this, that's kind of how I got involved with the show as a producer. Um, and then they would just keep saying, well, what about trying to apply for student affairs? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but eventually I got towards my senior year and after working at a TV station for a summer, I thought, you know, I don't really get that much joy out of doing local news or production, but I really love all the work that I did on the events and teamwork and things like that and communications. That's probably our like favorite thing that she can show me something and then be like, what do you think about this? Or I can show her something like, what do you think about that? So that's something that I really enjoy. So I think she and um, Bob really got me down that path. Well, I'm gonna switch gears. I, I know currently there's some tension between the generations. We've heard a lot about OK Boomer and yes. um, yeah, we're all aware. I, with both of you working in education and at different points in your lives and your careers, what do you attribute that tension to between the generations? I'm gonna say technology. One of the things that this generation really loves to do is communicate via text. I am not a fan of that. I always have way too many words to try and type out on a phone. If I can send it in an email, I'm okay, but to me it's always pick up the phone and call someone, and that's not the way they, they want to be communicated with so often. And Sean understands that about me. Some of my other students still don't get it. My own family still doesn't get it. Like, you didn't text us back. No, I don't like texting. Yeah. So technology, I'd say, is one of those bigger items. Um, anytime, though, that I have a technology need, it's really nice to have students around me because I'll say, can you get my Fitbit to sync with my phone? It's not working. And they can do it. And Sean has fixed my phone plenty of times for me as well. Yeah. Um, I would think that people are really get caught up on labels. So I think that 
people say, oh, Leanne might be a boomer or my dad might be a boomer. I don't think of it. Leanne's Leanne. My dad's my dad. I think that people get so caught up on this is this group of people, so they must be this way. And it's like, no, like me and Leanne might not agree with everything, but just because she falls in line with gener this generation of one thing, like she might be much more accepting about other things than other people, so why am I going to persecute her and other people just because of their age? That seems discriminatory too, and everyone says, oh, our, my age of people are so like accepting and things like that, but maybe we're just in, not tolerant in different ways. Well, and then I'm gonna ask you about finding a purpose in life. And I'm wondering for each of you, you know, we know a sense of purpose is a key part of our happiness. And I wanna ask you some questions related to life purpose. Um, the first, I wanna ask you each about your skills and talents, but I'm gonna ask each of you to comment on the others. So, Sean, maybe you can start yes. and tell me about Leanne and what she's good at. Yeah, so Leanne is the best person I know with people. Um, she, so she'll say that she doesn't have the words for text messages and things like that. I think that's partially true. The other part of it is that there's someone always in her office because people gravitate towards her and when they're not in her office, she's trying to catch up on the 20 bazillion things that she needs to do because people are talking to her. Um, she is a great resource. She's really great with her faith and dedicated and I think that's inspiring for a lot of people. People my age, I don't think have that in um, spades. So I think she does a really good job about um, demonstrating that. I would say that she um, is just an overall like good character of like how she treats people and a role model for that. So I would say that that's something that she really excels in and just being a generally like good role model for others. And Leanne, what would you say are Sean's skills and talents? I would say that Sean is a very accepting person. He is passionate. What I like most about him is that there's never a job that he won't do. If we asked him to do something, he'll do it. And, and if I had something that needed to be done, I could trust him to follow up and do that. And I do see often where students, we were just talking about this earlier, self-care is a big thing for students to say now that they can't do this and they can't do that. They have to take care of themselves. In all that Sean does, he's caring for himself, but he's caring for others as well. He is um, a great friend to many, and I have enjoyed seeing him be a friend to people who sometimes you want to say they don't deserve you, Sean, and he continued to be that kind of friend to them. Um, now, Leanne said, Sean, that you're, you have a lot of passion, and mm -hmm. I'm wondering what makes you feel most alive? That's a good question. Um, I would say probably, like I said, other people's energy and things like that, being able to see um, person a, we, um, she knows my friend Ella, and I talked to Ella about this um, our senior year, and I was saying that I think my purpose on life maybe is to see people go from point A to point B, so instead of going from like freshman year to senior year, but how can I make their experience better? So instead of just it being a straight shot, how can I make it the most like best experience during those four years for the people? So like Ella, I mean, I think I did a good amount of stuff for her, and I think it made her experience a lot better overall at the end of the day. And I think that um, that's probably my purpose is how do I make my students, whether they're people I work with right now, better than what it could have been, or how can I um, help out my friends, whether I know she might be struggling with something going on with commencement 
And how can I like even just send her a five second text message that just says, hey, I hope the day doesn't stink too much because then even if I can't be there, then at least I can support from afar. Leanne, what about you? What are you passionate about? Probably why Sean and I get along so well is because we have so many of the same interests and I am really passionate about other people. An, an instance where I see a student that maybe comes back to visit that, so it would be an alumni that I hadn't seen for a few years, that makes my day. When I get a phone call or get an email from someone, last week I went and had lunch with a student who worked for me several years ago and I was able to hold her children and see her new house and, and just enjoy being with her and knowing that even though she's been gone from Grand Valley 15 years, she still cares about me, she still likes me. Um, so it's other people that really feed my passion. So, and I know that's always part of a mentoring relationship. I mean, there's so many dimensions, but mm -hmm. one part would certainly be that you learn from mm -hmm. um, the person who's doing the mentoring and see them as a real role model and example. I also want to ask you both about your values and if you can name a value that you really would say you live according to and maybe share a story that explains why that value is so meaningful. My faith is a real value for me and I think part of what has made me be the person that you're making me out to be is that in the morning when I commute to work I always have the radio off Sorry, radio listeners, but I have, um, that's my time to really spend in prayer. And I never know what the day is going to throw at me. And I just pray that whatever comes, it would be of God. That I would just answer yeah. the people the way they need to be answered. I would be there for that person. And so often when I walk out the door at night, I think, oh my goodness, my day didn't go any, any way I thought it was going to do. I wanted to get X, Y, and Z accomplished, and I didn't but I may have made a difference for someone. So that person came into my life because I think that God put him there and, and so then I have to be satisfied with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. I think this has definitely changed over the last few years, but I think that's been the nice thing about me moving around. I lived in Detroit, Grand Rapids, um, Miami, San Francisco, now in the smallest town in Indiana, feels like. Um, but I would say positivity is something I've been definitely trying to work on. I know when I left Grand Valley, she could verify that I was one of the saddest people. I was just going through so much. I just, everything was never enough for me. And I felt like now going through it, I've kind of valued, hey, I should be more grateful for what I have. And I shouldn't be like, oh, I didn't get this award or I didn't get this position or this person didn't end up with me and stuff like that. And I was just constantly my own worst enemy. I still feel that way some days, but it's just all about trying to make fewer of those days and just being more of a grateful and like gratitude like in my life and trying to just cherish the things that I do have instead of envy and be jealous of what I don't have in my life. Well, and then I'm wondering for each of you, if you would say that your values, now Leanne, you, you mentioned faith, so I'm guessing your values are very much tied into your religious background. Um, just if each of you would comment on that and tell us a little bit about your religious or spiritual identity. I was born and raised in a Christian home and so it has always been a part of my identity. I um, had a baby when I was very young. I was 19 and the baby died of SIDS. Mm -hmm. And so it was a real challenge for me. And um, I remember saying to my husband, you know, we had to get married back in the day. And I said to him, well, here's your opportunity to leave. 
And he said, I didn't marry you because you were pregnant. I married you because I loved you. And that really, that experience really strengthened both of our faiths. We had wandered away from that faith and, and that drew us back together and then also drew us to God. So I would never wish that experience on anyone, but I would never take it away from myself either because I learned so much and, and that really strengthened who I am. So gave me some compassion and empathy for other people that I think I wouldn't have had had I not gone through that experience. And that's certainly the benefit of being able to look back from many years mm -hmm. later. I know the first years when something tragic happens, it's so hard to see yes. past it. Uh, but to know that even though, you, as you said, you wouldn't wish it on anybody, that there was something to be gained from the experience. Yep. Yeah, so I was also born and raised in a Christian home, but I just feel like I haven't had as much, like, just something that pulls me to my faith as much as Leanne or other people, and I wish I had that, and I feel like I just have so many questions that I don't ever feel like are answered, and that's really tough for me, because I see people that I admire, like my parents or Leanne or my friend Bree, who just, like, just show off, like, their Christian spirit all the time, and I'm just like, oh, I wish I had, like, that faith, whether it was with like Christian or Jewish or Muslim or anything, just something that would pull me saying like, this is the right thing for me to do. And I definitely feel like I miss that. I still try to go to church. I've been to wonderful churches and things like that, but just nothing's really like grabbed at me. And then you, it's hard. I know I was just talking with you today about this, um, Cindy, about how, how can I say for someone I might be close with, like my Jewish friend, and say, hey, your religion's not right, mine is. To me, that kills me. I don't think I can say that, and I don't feel right doing that. But that's basically how I feel. If I'm saying I'm Christian, I'm going to be okay because I believe in Jesus Christ, but then other people aren't okay. And I was like, there are so many wonderful people who don't believe that. that just It's hard for me to really commit to that. And I think what makes that tough is because sometimes we grow up in communities that do really promote the idea that one religion is mm -hmm. better or more right than the others. Mm -hmm. And that can be very complicating when you get mm -hmm. out into the world and you meet people from so many different backgrounds and also yeah. sometimes people who aren't at all religious. Mm -hmm. uh, we could probably talk about that for hours, yeah. but um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break because I want to reintroduce both of you. Today I'm joined by Leanne Tibby. She's the Associate Director of Student Life at Grand Valley State University and has worked here for over 20 years. I'm also joined by Sean O'Melia, the producer um, of our show. He's a Grand Valley graduate and currently a residence hall director at Ball State University. So we've just been talking about values and I'm gonna shift our conversation to risk taking. Um, I'm wondering for both of you about risk taking as part of personal growth, uh, what you've done recently that might have gotten you outside your comfort zone in order to try something new or that you found that you learned something new as a result of a risk? Yeah, I would say probably that big move to Miami. I mean, I knew no one at all and it was a stressful time. And I would say that was definitely a very big adjustment. I didn't have anyone I could go to about things. I didn't have any family that would, the closest family was probably 500 miles away, stuff like that. So there was a hurricane that happened. I didn't know any Spanish and I definitely needed to know Spanish if I'm gonna live in Miami. Um, so that was a very big change, but that really just opened my mind to a lot of different things. Going back to being more grateful and gratitude and also just seeing the difference in people. The students here at Grand Valley are wonderful, but they are completely different to the students at FIU who are also great. And it's just so different seeing how people can be different 
so like polar opposites when they're just in the same country. Say, if you would, just a little bit more about the differences between the two groups of students. Yeah, so I think Grand Valley students have a really good work ethic and things like that, but I also don't know if they realize like how many opportunities they might get over some students. Some of my students at FIU, they would work 25 hours a week, they would go to school, and then they would be their primary English speaker for their family. So they'd go home, they'd take care of their parents, they'd take care of their grandparents, where me, I could live on campus, I would see my parents every couple weekends, and I didn't have to worry about if they could get groceries that week or not. So things like that were really just a big difference. But I mean, Grand Valley students, they still go through different struggles and things like that too, and trying to identify the changing world. We talk a lot about privileges and the social like tensions, and white students definitely have to learn about like what does that mean? Like, how can I be more cognizant of other people's um, their barriers that they're facing and still be like a good supporter for people and I think it's just so different on both sides of it and they're just I wish people were more open to it I tell people oh get out of the Midwest even just for a little bit and they're just like no 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 I can't do that I love the Midwest and it's like well how do you know if you love the Midwest if you've only been in the Midwest and that's all you've seen so there's an old African proverb never say your mother's soup is best if you haven't been outside your own kitchen so that's <laughs> pretty what, good yeah yeah, yeah. Said reminded yeah. me, uh, Leanne. What about you? What about any risks that you've taken, and what you may have learned as a result? Well, I think just by coming to Grand Valley 25 years ago was a huge risk. I worked part time for Meyer and had been there for 18 years before I left Meyer. Meyer was a great place to work. I was in the corporate office there, but there was something that drew me here. Again, I can I contribute that to my faith. I really felt like God was leading me here. I had started at Grand Valley right out of high school, but then as I mentioned, I, I'd had a baby. And when my youngest son started kindergarten, then I came back to school. So that was a risk. And then I thought I would start applying for positions here. Mm -hmm. Took me a year and a half of eight applications and interviews to finally get hired, but I knew that I was in the right place when I started here. And then I finished my, my undergrad while I was working here, and then it was a risk for me to take my, my master's classes. My husband was not appreciative of me getting an education. It changed the way our relationship was, and so I would do um, my homework while he was gone. So I, I look back at those years, and if I wasn't doing housework, I was doing homework. And I had three kids, so it was it was a risk for me to do it, and I've never looked back. Well, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about you applying for eight different jobs. I mean, that is gutsy, and I think so often people feel the rejection and yeah. they don't persist. But grit is, you know, so often that coming back and coming back and trying it again. So, and, and now that you've been here 25 years, a validation to know that you really did land in the yes. right spot. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a story about a hard or embarrassing situation and what you learned in, in hindsight. Sean, does something come to mind? Um, I think an initial thing that was hard, kind of going back about, there's two big awards that you can get here at Grand Valley. There's the Vendor Bush and the Secor, and they're both pretty prestigious and things like that, and I was really gunning for the number one one, which is Vendor Bush, if I'm correct, um, and I did not get it, and I was pretty, I got Sakura, which I should be very grateful for, because there's only so many people that get that, 
And for me, I was just so, like, in my head about, like, oh, I need to be number one, number one, number one. And I think maybe that's why I wasn't number one, because I was so much aiming for it that it got in my, like, own way of too much effort. And I think that was something that was really hard for me. I did not want to be there. I didn't want to accept the stupid award. I was just, like, I told them constantly. I was, like, I don't want to go to this. Please don't make me go. Um, and I ended up going, and it was still hard, but now looking back, I wish I would have had a better attitude towards things and better um, just, like, outlook on um, how I could be just more appreciative. And even if things don't work perfectly, I should be grateful for um, just being able to be in the position because some people can't even go to college or some people don't have a house. How can I complain about getting an award? There's a real dilemma, I think, between if you don't focus on something, it can be so hard to achieve it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're only really focused on that outcome and not necessarily appreciating the whole process and what goes into it. So I sometimes think there's no perfect way to yeah. to do that. But yeah, I can appreciate mm-hmm. that when you didn't get the award, it was mm-hmm. really hard. Definitely. For each of you, what gives you a sense of satisfaction or well-being at this point in your life? That's by far, I think, my least favorite part about higher ed is that everybody who comes in is the smartest person and everyone before them is the dumbest person. And they all have these great ideas and everything. Even if there's nothing wrong with it, then it should be completely redone because my way or the highway type deal. And that's something that I think we both struggle with. Well, you're at such different stages in your careers Mm -hmm. and in life. Uh, Leanne in the second half of life, Sean in the first half. Wondering about regrets and how anything that you've learned might help someone else who's listening. I'll go first on that one too since I'm in the second half. I look back and I wish I would have continued with my education. I stopped at a master's degree which was much more, my mother had an 8th grade education, my dad had a 10th grade education. So I had, had well exceeded what they ever thought I'd have. But I wish I would have gone on and, and continued more education while it, while it was available for me. So I think my advice would be to take advantage of every one of those opportunities. And if something is placed in your way that you have the opportunity to do something, go for it. I think very similar idea of go for it, but in the complete opposite sense, unfortunately. So. I think I learned very well from Leanne and Bob and my parents, like hard work is important and things like that. And I don't know how they balance hard work in their personal lives, but I don't think I've done the best job about that is that I was all work. But there feels like I passed up on maybe too many dates or too many like friendships or things like that that just, I wish I could go back in time to try to find a better balance so I'm making sure that I have a good personal life as well as that. I feel like. I've just always been so focused on achieving that I didn't do the best job of making sure I'm achieving in like all aspects of life and I really only focused on the work and everything else would eventually come, but it doesn't come because I probably didn't put as much time and focus as I did or maybe I could have spent more time learning from others so I'm not just headstrong saying my way like is the right way about how I should go about relationships or friendships or things like that and just being able to be open to ideas and guidance from others. What are you looking forward to the most at this stage of your life? 
Well, I love what I do. And I have a lot of friends who are counting down days till they retire, mm -hmm. and I'm not doing that. And every day I think, I'm so glad that I am in a job that I, I appreciate. I'll say to the students, oh my goodness, it's three o'clock. Where did my day go? The days fly by. So my advice I always say to students is find a job that you love to do and you'll never work another day again in your life. So for me, I just take one day at a time loving what I'm doing. And until I don't love it anymore, I'm going to stay here and let those people count down to retirement. Yeah, and I think that's good advice too. But it's, I think it's hard for people my age because you know we're just trying to work up our way to that point, and it's a lot of like doing stuff that we might not want to do, and that's hard because you don't want to live just to keep building up to the next thing, but also you know like the endurance and the um, dedication could eventually lead to reward. So it's just a hard balance of figuring out how do I live each day living um, and not working just to live. Um, but also still knowing that if you work hard, then eventually you'll get to where you want to get. And then what's the most valuable thing that you've gotten from your mentor or what I like to call a life guide relationship? What have each of you learned or... Um, so Leanne has definitely taught me about being a good character. I've had so many bosses at this point I can't even keep track of. And Leanne and Bob have definitely taught me so much about character and kindness and things like that. There are just ways that I've seen other people be treated or how I'm treated by bosses um, in the past that either they aren't, um, they might be the nicest people but they might not have their stuff as well organized. But I'd much rather prefer working with someone who's a nice person than someone who um, is just like down your throat all the time about everything when you're just trying your best. Um, so I've just seen people get screamed at and stuff like that. And that's just not fun for anybody. It says a lot for someone that they would be at one organization for such a long time. And yeah. Leanne, clearly you love your work here. Um, anything that you want to share that you have gained from your relationship with Sean, your life guide or mentoring relationship? It's interesting because I would never consider myself a mentor. I always go into relationships as friends. Mm -hmm. So I never think of myself as a supervisor when they say, oh, you're the best boss. I think I'm not your boss, I'm your friend. Um, and, and it's hard for me to picture myself at the, at the age I am, A, because I think I'm just like a coworker, a friend mm -hmm. with everyone. Definitely. So that's, you know, that's a, a very interesting concept to me, I think, is to think uh, someone else looks at me as a mentor when I think, oh, we're just friends. Yeah. So I guess I have a challenge, not a challenge, but maybe a question. So I know in my current job now, they'll say, oh, you probably shouldn't be in Bible studies with the people that are your students because you supervise them and that could be like an awkward relationship. How do you think you like find that balance? Because I run into that all the time and I'm just like, I don't know where that line of friends and supervisor like splits up at. I don't know that I've ever put a line there. I feel when you and I had conversations, and I've had yeah. several students over the course of 25 years, they always knew they could come to me to ask, what do you think of this? And I've always felt confident. It's This is my belief, and this mm -hmm. is my opinion, whether it's right or not, but I'll give you my opinion on it. So I yeah. think you're okay to be able to to share your thoughts and your beliefs, mm -hmm. but let them know, I'm not making you believe it, but this is what I believe. Stand, yeah. 
Well, I want to thank both of you today. So delightful. I got to meet Leanne for the first time today. Yes. And uh, just she's everything that Sean had said. And I fully understand why he thinks of you as the mom of Grand Valley. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I again, I have been joined today here by Leanne Tibby of Grand Valley State University and Sean O'Malia from Ball State University. A real pleasure talking with both of you. And I want to thank all of you who are listening and look forward to having you with us again soon. Bye-bye. There are endless listening options out there. Thank you for tuning into our unique podcasting space. It would mean so much if you would subscribe, rate, and review Generation Swap. You can also visit our website at generationswap.com. Our show is produced by Sean O'Milia. The technical manager is Cassie Benton. The marketing coordinator is Gwen Vogelzang. And our host is Cindy Camp. We're looking forward to swapping intergenerational stories with you again next week.